Welcome back to Diversity on Fire. This is Nina from Iowa. And this is Heather coming from New Hampshire. Our goal with Diversity on Fire is to inspire you to think and act differently. We will do this by sharing our open conversations on all types of diversity-related topics. Our special guest today is exactly who we all need to hear from as we hunker down for another few months of remote work and life. She obtained her bachelor's degree in English and language arts from the Metropolitan State University of Denver and is currently a communications coach at the Leaders Institute. In addition to her professional work, she's a vibrant, fun-loving army wife, dog mom, karaoke enthusiast, I can't even say that word, and she has a passion for uplifting and empowering others. We are so excited to welcome Miss Tiffany Foote. Thank you guys so much. I'm so happy to be here. I'm excited to see um, what I can share with you and learn from you guys as well as share with your listeners. Awesome. We are so excited to have you here. Yay. So um, before we jump right into kind of the communication conversation and all the things that we want to talk about there, we'd really love to hear a bit more about your story personally, your personal journey. Um, We know that you've had some of your own struggles and come from dark places, risen above. And we want to know kind of having overcome those things, because that really actually puts you in a uniquely qualified position to talk about some of what we're going to talk about. So do you mind sharing some of that with us now? Not at all. So um, before we get started into this, y'all need to know that like, I was born to be in front of people. That was like my calling. I remember being three years old at church, watching the youth group do this thing to this little light of mine and begging my mom if I could run on stage and join them because that is where I wanted to be. And my mom was like, no, you can't do that. (laughs) She was like, not your time to shine. Sit down. (laughs) It's going to be okay. And growing up, I was. I was this vibrant uh, person who had no fear, right? I would get in front of anyone. I would dance. I would sing. And I would sometimes embarrass my own mother because I had no shame. And then I went off to college and I was was a young adult. And I stopped looking at the world through these rose-colored kind of Disney glasses. I was hit with reality in really harsh ways. And before I knew it, I was struggling with stuff that I never imagined I would struggle with. Um, I was struggling with anxiety, with panic attacks, with depression, with thoughts of suicide. I lost my best friend in a motorcycle accident, which was like the first big loss I'd ever experienced. Um, I was sexually assaulted and I just felt like my world was crumbling around me. And I didn't know how to pick up the pieces. I didn't know what to do. Um, I became very terrified to be in front of people, to even be around people. Um, And I almost didn't graduate, Uh, but I decided to graduate anyway. I decided to keep moving forward. I didn't know how I was going to move forward. I didn't know how I was going to rise from the ashes of my life, but I knew that I needed to and I knew that I wanted to. And um, as I graduated, I started looking for opportunities to help people. That's what I wanted to do. I love helping people. And I figured if I could survive all the darkness, then I could help somebody else survive darkness as well. And so I was looking for a job and I stumbled across the Leaders Institute. They were actually hiring for an executive assistant to the CEO. And I was like, I can do that. I can manage travel and whatever. But little did I know that this company was going to like completely turn my life around and um, all for the better, of course. And so I got plugged in here and something that they have every person do is you go through our foolish presentations class. And during that class, um, Doug, he was the one who brought me, right? He was the one who was teaching it. He pulled me aside and he said, you have a gift. He was like, you have a gift with connecting with people, with making people feel comfortable and safe. And he was like, 
I don't know if you're interested, but I would really love to have you on our communication team. And he was like, this is what he was like, you're an assistant right now. He's like, but I'll get you. I'll get you there. I'll get you ready. And I was petrified. I was like, no, no, no. Like, that's not for me. <laughs> you have the wrong person. This is not the droids you are looking for. Like, that, that's not who I am. <laughs> and um, he was just like, no. Like, he was like, okay, whatever. And um, over the past couple of years, he really worked hard on me. And um, if you ever need a boost in confidence, spend eight hours with some communication coaches and some team building leaders. And they will boost you up, I promise. We're the best at gassing people up, um, hyping you up and getting you excited about life. <laughs> and I, it completely turned my life around. My husband, he had just came back from an appointment when I started doing the communication coach stuff. And he was like, you are a new person. Like you're, you're different. And he was like, you have so much light in you. And he was like, he was just amazed. Right. And I was like, I get to help people. And I've, I've been on both sides of it. I've loved it and I've hated it. And I get to people who love it and need help refining. And I get to help people who hate it. And, you know, learn to love it or learn to overcome those fears and, and the objections that they feel inside of them. And so it's been super rewarding. And um, I, I can't thank the company or the opportunity that I've had here enough because it's been life-changing for me. It's, so it's been pretty awesome here. <laughs> Can you tell us what you do in that role to give our audience a feel for what it is that you do for people and how you get those results? Yeah. So I am known around here as the fearless millennial because I am one of the youngest people on the team. And I also was the one who probably overcame the most fear. Um, so I'm called the fearless millennial and I help people one-on-one. -on -one. So people who um, <clears throat> need help with overcoming public speaking fear, giving digital presentations, right? We're in a digital world right now. Um, feeling confident in their own voice, finding their speaking voice, uh, basically any any issue in communication that people have. Um, I hop on a call with them and I ask them what they're struggling with. I take notes and then I create custom curriculum for them. I make sure that whatever training that they get is perfectly suited to everything that they are dealing with, they want to overcome. My goal is to not just provide you a service that helps you. My goal is to be a lifelong partner. I want to see you be successful. I want to be a lifelong lifeline. I want to see you be the best person that you can be in communicating whatever that means necessary. Um, whether it's digitally, in person, um, communicating to your supervisor, I want to be there to make sure that you are doing it to the best of your ability and that people look at you and they're like, wow, she's so cool. She's so confident. She's so poised or he is so poised and he is so confident. I want people to see that in you and I want to bring that out in you. Well, your energy is definitely there. <laughs> I will tell you that we are not in the same room and I am it's energized. It's super contagious. Yeah. <laughs> it really, it's, it is contagious. So I'm wondering, um, like, who are you working with? Or is it just a vast variety? I mean, are these entrepreneurs or these newly graduated people that are trying to get into the workforce? Um, or do you work with companies? Do you have like a specific demographic? We don't. Our demographic is whoever needs help communicating. Um, we've done stuff for the military. We've helped people um, that want to interview better. We help them with interview skills. And so they can interview better. They want a promotion. They have to go through a process and they tell us what process that they're going to go through. And we help try to replicate that on our end so that they can be the best in that um, position. We work with people, we've worked with Fortune 500 companies and done training there. We've done um, training for anyone and everyone, stay-at-home moms, stay-at-home dads, people who are looking for a job and they just want to be more confident when they walk in to a room where they know that there's going to be other people there interviewing. 
Um, it doesn't matter who you are. If you just want to get better at talking, presenting, and being confident, then come to us. We'll help you. This is, Nina, I don't know if you agree with me or not, but I feel like this is so fundamental to what we're trying to do because we're op- we're having open conversations and the goal is to inspire other people to either join our conversation or you know start their own conversation outside of this to incite some sort of positive changes and i think a big piece two big pieces right one is that we're scared to do it and two and maybe this is maybe we're bad at it because we're scared to do it but when we do it we're not communicating very well we're not effective it's coming off with i don't know too harsh or with too much emotion do you have any, um, are, are there specific things that you see repeatedly that people are struggling with? Yeah, I would say the biggest thing I see is people, when they're communicating an idea, right, they don't think through all the steps of that message. Um, they know what they want to say, but they haven't thought through the whole thing, right? Um, so one of the best tips I can give someone, if you want, if you're passionate about something that you want to talk about, kind of list it out, right? Make some bullet points. Don't write it out word for word. We don't want to memorize it because then you're going to get jumbled up, right? So just make some bullet, your main bullet points. And then if you're speaking to someone, um, think of that list and just kind of hit through it. But as listeners, because listening is part of communication, one of the biggest issues I see is people listen to respond. They don't listen to understand. So people listen for trigger words, right? And um, my husband and I, we do this all the time. <laughs> You'll say that we need to go uh, help a friend or do something and I'm only half listening. And I'm like, we can't do that right now. Like, that's not that's not important right now. And he's like, I didn't say it was right now. I said it was later. You weren't listening to me, right? And we do that a lot. We see it on social media. People skim through a social media post and they don't read the full thing. They see one thing that catches them. Before you know it, somebody's being bullied in the comment section or bullied in DMs, right? Because they didn't take the time to listen to understand. They didn't take that time to try to get the full concept. It's one of the most fundamental things about communicating. But if people just grasp onto that, I think communicating in general would be a lot easier for people on the both um, receiving end and the, the speaking end. So when you're teaching people some of these skill sets, are you generally teaching them how to better effectively communicate with other people? Or are you also teaching them how to listen better and what to listen for? Well, if you want to be a better communicator, you need to be a better listener. And so those kind of go hand in hand. And when I make a point that when people are talking to me and we're coaching and we're we're doing training <clears throat> that I listen to them very intently. And I try to use their words back in the conversation, right? Because I want them, whether they subconsciously know it or not, I want them to realize that I'm using their words because I'm listening, right? And I want to make sure that if there's a misunderstanding, then they catch on it before it becomes a disagreement, right? So if I say, Nina, I hear you saying that you want to know if you know people can communicate better or whatever, and then I'm using your words, right? If somebody says, I like apples and oranges, but I don't like grapes. And I say, I understand, or I'm hearing you say that you don't like grapes, but you really like apples. Well, why don't we talk about apples and kind of navigating the conversation that way. But to be a better communicator, you have to be a good listener. Um, if you'd walk around telling everyone passionately and confidently everything you believe, but you don't want to listen to any feedback, nobody's going to want to listen to you, right? If you've, you've probably thought of somebody in your head when I said that. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody's going to listen to you. <laughs> or just myself, but you know. <laughs> yeah. So do you have, are there any um, specific tips for people that might, you know, that they could try to employ to become better listeners? Yeah. So um, going back to what I was saying earlier, like listening to understand, 
when it takes time and it takes practice, but when you start factoring in, like earlier when we were talking and you said that you're from New Hampshire and Nina says she was from Iowa and I said, I'm from, I'm from Texas, right? Even though we're all in three different places, that kind of puts a filter of the world around us, right? And so you knowing that I'm from Texas and we were talking about karaoke and I was like, yeah, I'm Shania Twain. You're a little bit more Whitney Houston, but that's fine, right? It's cool. So those are all different filters in our life. And when you start listening to understand, you start listening to understand, okay, well, what kind of filters are on their perspective? You know, where are they from? What kind of, maybe what kind of childhood did they have? How did they grow up? What area did they grow up in? What was normal for that area? And I know that those are a lot of questions to ask yourself in a conversation, but when you start practicing just a couple of them, then over time, it just becomes second nature. And you take that moment to pause before you respond and you think through it, right? Um, How many times, I know I'm guilty of this, have you had a friend that upset you and you lashed out, you freaked out on them, yelled at them, whatever, got mad, angry, texted them. And then you took a step back after you'd said everything and you were like, you know what? She was probably saying that because this is going on in her life right now, or she's under a lot of stress right now. She probably didn't mean it. Or, you know, and you start, and later on, after the damage has been done, you start thinking through all those same filters, right? And so the goal is to to not cause any damage when you're communicating. So you want to start doing that earlier on and um, as a listener. And then as you speak, you need to be mindful. Who's your audience? Who are you talking to, right? You don't want to come to a meeting of somebody and immediately like insult them. <laughs> so you got to be mindful. You got to, you got to think through those things. You have to be way more conscious and in a digital world tenfold, right? Because how many people are being canceled? Careers are being canceled. Um, celebrities are being canceled over something that they said offhand because they didn't think it through. They didn't respond the right way, right? And then now there's screenshots and videos and, you know, their career is virtually over. It is. So it's really important to do that. And I know when off on a tangent there, you can cut that if you need to. <laughs> um, sorry. No, I think that's perfect, actually. So I think the two two big things that I kind of grabbed onto that you said, which really they tie to a lot of what we talk about is one, listen and converse with people to understand them mm-hmm. and make a connection. So like we all, so there's all kinds of different cultures and communities and states and towns and states and cities and states, but there's always going to be even the tiniest little common ground that we can find. And if we can find it, that almost makes everything else easier. Yeah, I would 100% agree. Um, And even when the common ground is difficult to find, you know, because sometimes it is, and that's just part of life. Like sometimes it's really hard to find common ground. Um, it's okay to agree to disagree. I would say that's probably one of the most powerful things in communicating is instead of trying to force your beliefs or your thought on someone, just say, you know what? Let's agree to disagree. Like if you were to say, hey, the sky is blue. And I said, well, the sky is orange. And since we're both right, right? Because sometimes the sky is blue. And sometimes when the sun is setting, it is orange. And Nina might say, well, the sky looks purple where I'm at, right? And so it's, it could be correct in some sense or another, but if we sit here and argue over who's more correct, it's going to cause damage. And one thing about communicating and communicating well is we don't want to cause damage. And right now, we're seeing a lot of damage being done, right, over people trying to force opinions on people. And just if you just don't agree, just, it's okay. It is so it is okay to walk away and say, I don't agree. Um, save the relationship. It's worth not burning that bridge. I think we're, we're seeing a lot of... Um... Well, we've all been relatively or mostly remote for almost, we're coming up on a year. (laughs) I mean, it's been a long time. So we're, we're communicating. Obviously, we were all doing social media anyways. 
but we're going even more down that path, which seems like it should be easier, but it's actually more explosive. And actually, you know what, I'm going to back myself up because before we get to kind of internet communication and how if we can focus on that, let's talk about overcoming the anxiety to even begin the conversation. So rewinding a little bit, just, you know, listening to understand and engaging when you're actually having the conversation, but being able to just get yourself to start it. Yeah, I would say um, probably one of the biggest things that contribute to anxiety is our own head right? Our own thoughts. We feel like we're not qualified. We feel like we're not the ones that should be speaking. We're not good enough. If someone, you know, we can make all these excuses for ourselves on why we shouldn't be the ones to start the conversation. Um, whether it's a presentation at work, you know, starting a conversation with a coworker, uh, with a friend on social media, if you feel really passionate about something, um, <clears throat> we can kind of get in our head. And so a couple of tips that I would recommend is take a moment to address any other stress or emotional factors in your life before you have that conversation. If you're starting a delicate conversation and you have external stress and external emotions weighing on you, when you get a response that you know that you can handle, but in that moment you can't because you have, it maybe it contradicts a little bit and you know how to respond, but in that moment, maybe it's a little bit more difficult, <clears throat> then it, that can cause damage, that can cause fire, right? And you want to limit that. So take a moment to address your own personal stuff before you start advocating for something or speaking, addressing a serious topic or a touchy topic with someone. And then when you do um, take a deep breath, right? When you take a deep breath, it automatically calms your nerves. Taking deep breaths is the most natural way to, to slow your heart rate down, right? So just take a deep breath. And if you're asked to speak at work or at church or at a function, or if a friend says, hey, you, you should really start this conversation, or um, a supervisor says, you should really lead this meeting, then you need to tell yourself, you need to know that you were asked for a reason. Um, you were put in this position for a reason. You were asked to start this for a reason. If somebody else was more qualified to do it, they would have been asked. And if you feel led to do something, if you feel passionate about something, that's not a coincidence, right? So that passion is inside of you for a reason. And that's something that you should foster. Um, we live in a really tough world right now. And there's so much negativity um, everywhere you go. And if you feel like you have an inspiring or you know, message that you want to give, give it. We need it. We need you. And um, don't think for one second that we don't. And I think for us, especially this platform is giving us an opportunity. But frankly, and, you know, I don't know about Heather so much, but I think t on some level, most of us that do this podcast have felt like we were pretty good communicators. But honestly, I'm very much starting to see my weaknesses, right? Especially when I have really intense beliefs about something. So when we're talking about overcoming that anxiety and speaking to or listening to hear, you know, what, what somebody else is saying, how do you navigate difficult conversations? Like, how do you gain acceptance in the other party? Or is that something that you feel like you need buy-in from that person? Do you know what I mean? How do you start manifesting yeah. difficult conversations? So I start difficult conversations. Uh, I'm going to go back to my husband, right? We were married. So we argue about little things all the time. And it just happens. And it also it makes for great content when I'm trying to give examples. Um, but <laughs> if, you know, the best thing that you can do is find common ground, whatever that is, however small it is, um, find common ground. And it may come up in conversation. It may not. It may be, take some time on your own thinking of, 
what do I have in common with this person or what do I have in common with this group of people? Um, maybe it's just with a coworker, right? Or with a friend, we're both working from home where both single women, we're both in this, we're both this, you know, this is the age group. And if you start thinking about ways that the things that you have in common with them, then it'll help transition because you can have a conversation. Like if I know my husband likes Reese's cups, right? And let's say we're disagreeing over um, something. I can't think of anything at this moment, but let's say we're disagreeing over something. When he came back from deployment, we disagreed on a lot and we did this a lot. So I, I would know that he liked Reese's cups and I would stop on my way home from work and I would pick some up and I would leave it on the counter for him. And I would tell him, you know, I know that right now we're disagreeing. We're not seeing eye to eye, um, but let's split our Reese's. Let, let's split this. It comes with two. Let's split it and let, let's start talking. And um, he would share his side. And I, we worked, we both worked really hard to not be defensive. Right. And so when you're in conversations that are tough, you want to not be defensive. You want to be accepting. You want to have an open mind. And so find the common ground, listen to the other person, right? Let them get, let, let them get out whatever it is that they need to get out. And then use what they're saying, use their words. Like I said earlier, use their words to, cr- to craft your responses and do it without raising your voice, without trying to be condescending or negative. People will automatically shut off. Um, and something I've learned <laughs> in my line of work, the calmer you are, even if people get upset, the quicker they're going to calm down. Um, so if you stay calm, they're going to get calm quickly. If they get upset, if things get out of hand, you always have the right and the power to walk away. You're, you don't have to subject yourself into staying in a conversation or in a situation that's not being productive. And it's okay to say this conversation is not productive right now. Let's try to hit it later. Um, perfectly fine too. So be prepared mentally mm-hmm. and emotionally yourself. Reach out, you know, like Olive Branch or Reese's Branch. <laughs> yes, Reese's. Um, and if things get heated like it's okay Mm -hmm. you don't have to blow it up you can you can walk away I think that's really hard for a lot of people myself included because I I'm I'm very much Nina you can laugh if you want I'm very much like okay this is what needs to happen let's do it it needs to happen right now I need this this and this and this and this is what time I need to buy and that's just not how a lot of people work so it, for me, I want to get it done, which means mm-hmm. I don't want to leave a conversation on the table. I want to finish it. I want to button it up and I want to get over it and move on. So it's been a very hard thing for me to reverse and adapt because a lot of people aren't like that. They don't want to do it. They want to process it first. And I'm a I processor. Nina's a processor. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So sometimes when we communicate, we have to... so. And I know that she's like that. And so sometimes I try to meet her, but I almost can't, you know, so because I know that I'm not really fully rational at some points. And so I'm like, I I just I have to take a little bit of time to get there. And so what I think is challenging is learning how to honor somebody else's, you know, communication style while still being authentic to yourself. Yeah. So it's funny that y'all say that because I'm the get it done person. I if we're going to have a fight, let's get the fight over with so that we can move on, right? Like that's, I'm going to be honest, like that's how I am. If we're going to have a difficult conversation, let's get through it. Let's cry about it. And then let's move on. And my husband, he's not that way. He's a processor. He needs time to think and to be alone, right? And have a hard time with that. Um, I, I struggle with it. I'm not perfect in this by any means. I struggle with this to this day. I have a hard time letting him be alone because I want to get it dealt with. I want to get it handled. And that's not always the best thing to do. And, um, you know, he'll tell me who, who will verbally say, I need 
I need time away. I need time to think about this. If you're going to be around, you're going to make it worse, right? And I'm like, well, I don't want to make it worse. I want to fix it. I want I want to get this over with. I just want to get through it, right? And that's not always conducive. I know that I'm <clears throat> talking about my husband, but that's the same for any relationship, right? Um, friendships. Uh, if you're talking to to a supervisor or whatever, like it's the same thing. And it's hard to, it's hard to, because in that moment you're putting, you're almost putting them above yourself, right? Because you want to get it done the way that you want to, and you want them to do it the way that you want to, right? So it's about, okay, it's not about making, making myself in the wrong here, but maybe we should both step away. And then that's what you say is let's both take the next hour, the next day, the next 30 minutes, right? Come to an agreement and say, after this period of time, we're going to come back together. That way, you know when it's going to get done, right? And you have, you know that there's going to be a time period for you to process it. And you can just agree on a, on a midpoint, meet halfway, and then come back together when you're a little bit less rational or not, a little bit more, little more rational. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> you're not as irrational. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> when you're not as irrational, um, you know, we, when you have high emotions on both ends, right? High emotions are going to equal high volcanic activity. You want low emotions because you like, again, we want to limit any damage done with any relationship that you're communicating with. It's so funny you say that because all of a sudden I had like this epiphany about a relationship I used to be in. I, I don't, I don't think I knew I was a processor until much later, but he, he would do that to me. But I used to think that he was intentionally trying to trigger me because I would say the same thing. I'd be like, you have to leave me alone right now because you're making me like literally crazy. And he would just keep pushing because he felt like he had to fix it. And then I would mm-hmm. literally go volcanic. And, but now that you say that, I'm like, I realized he just needed to, to like try to work through it in the moment. But I like, just was like, I will kill you. <laughs> <laughs> but this is actually, this is an exact example. Well, you've given a few examples, but this is another example of like, whether that relationship would have worked out or not is not relevant anymore. But the point is, is that it, it could have gone better. Mm-hmm. If you guys were both aware enough and willing enough to interact with each other the way you each needed to be interacted with. And so if we're going back to just communication in general, because we're communicating again with a vast array of people right now, for me, it's a lot of dog and cat talk, you know? (laughs) No, just, well, I mean, I'm not kidding, but we won't bring them into it. (laughs) <laughs> so if we're talking on the digital digital realm, though, because that's where we're really super focused right now. Um, and Nina, I'm going to let you jump in a little bit here because Nina is our social media queen. She starts fires, not intent. Well, kind of intentionally. No, sometimes intentionally. Sometimes, sometimes intentionally. Sometimes yeah. she just literally, all she has to do literally is put like three to four words on her page. And what's what ends up happening is people think they know what she's trying to say about those three or four words. And she's at work. And next thing you know, she's got 200 comments of people going after each other. So digital communication is so powerful. This is powerful. We're talking digitally right now. Our podcast is digital. It is so powerful. How can we do it better? How can we <laughs> harness it and do it better? Yes. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's, yeah, exactly. How can we do it better? Because I think that we understand the power the platform has, and we want to be responsible about it. And that's part of why we're talking to you. Because as we share some of this, and you know, we want other people to be better, we also want to be better. And we want to to perfect our message in a way that'll reach people in their hearts and in their minds, 
um, and be as productive as possible. And so this is good for us just as much as our listeners. Yeah. So the power of digital communication is huge. Um, <clears throat> I was talking about earlier, you know, people who celebrities that say the wrong thing in the heat of the moment, right? And then their careers are ruined. And then you have videos, um, good and bad, right? That somebody captures somebody saying something or whatever. And sometimes it's super negative. And they're like, look at this awful person and look at what they said and look at what they did. And before you know it, the whole world is against you, right? And it you don't even think about it, right? Because you're just like, oh, this nobody's recording me or whatever, but everybody's recording you. Everybody's watching you. And then you have it for good, right? Where people get up and they give very inspirational speeches or they say something in a way that just connects, right? And it connects with everybody in the heart. And that goes viral. And then they end up on Ellen and on the Today Show yes, and with Jimmy Kimmel, <laughs> you know? Yes. Like, Her gurus all of like, a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. And then everybody's like, oh my God, they're so cool. And like they have signs outside the windows, right? Trying to get your attention and you blow up overnight and it's it changes people's lives. Um, I don't know if y'all ever remember Chewbacca mom. Do y'all remember her? Yes. Oh, her yes. Her laugh. Oh, it was so I used to go to church with her. <laughs> oh, no, really? <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, and she like I, I didn't know I didn't know her like super personally, but she got up to do like a conference and she was talking once and I was like, I just saw you on Ellen. <laughs> like, what are you doing here? And then I thought and then that was when I realized that she went to my church and I was like, Oh my gosh, that's so crazy, right? And so and it's like, but that turned whole her whole life around, you know, in Super, and all she was doing was making a funny video because she found the little mask thing that changed her voice into the Chewbacca laugh, and she thought it was hilarious, right? And it blew up. And so the power that our digital world has is there is no limit, right? Like the limit is the moon, but but that's not even the limit. It's huge, and so you have to be careful with what you say, right? And y'all, I feel like if I'm you know talking about y'all and y'all saying I want to be better, y'all are doing a great job. You're being authentic. You're yourselves. You know, you're not trying to pretend to be anything that you're not and you're connecting with people. And um, I had the opportunity to kind of snoop a little bit on your <laughs> podcast and what you're doing is great. You know, I really love it. And I'm, that's why I was so excited to be here is because I love what y'all stand for and I love what y'all are doing. And uh, it's cool because you're like, well, what can we do to be better? You're doing great. You're, you're being yourselves. You're being authentic. You're starting the conversations that need to be started, having what needs saying what needs to be said. And um, it's really admirable. Like we need people like y'all to stand up kind of in the middle of the chaos and say, you know what, we're here and it's okay to have the conversations. It's okay to be a light. It's okay to stand up when everybody seems against you. And I really love that about you guys. So I think y'all are doing an awesome job. Thank you. I'm blushing. I don't know where to take that much positive. That's amazing. Thank you so much. <laughs> It really um, is. It's it's so nice to hear it just because I, you know, I, I the nice thing about the three of us is that we just, I don't even think we're really capable of putting on airs. <laughs> like we, we don't even know how to be anything else, right? Like it's, it's, but, but it's nice to hear that that reaches someone and that it comes across that way. So for the community outside of us, and, and by all means, all of that was, was so awesome to hear. But, you know, being as open as we are, we're definitely not perfect. And when we leave this podcast, we have lives and we have interactions, both online and with family, and we have epically failed in a lot of those. 
And we will continue to do that because this is just, this is how life works. But, you know, when things start to go crazy, is it on the, on the online world? Is it going to be the same process? Like take a deep breath and walk away? Or is there something else that needs to happen? Because I feel like if you don't respond to something in a digital world, it feels different than if you're doing it in person. Yeah. So the responding like on social media is really interesting because if somebody makes a comment that is polarizing, right? And you, if you respond to it in a certain way, then you're, again, you're polarizing. You're, you're taking a stand. And then if you don't respond, then in a sense, you are taking a stand. So it's kind of like, I don't want to say that's not a, there's no one situation, but it's, um, I'm trying to think of an example and I can't right now. That's the best way for me to, you know, help people's like through examples. But if you have somebody comment, right. And you're like, well, I need to respond to this. Like you feel like this is something that, that needs to be addressed. Um, I would say before you put it out on social media, maybe like flush it out, uh, get with somebody else and say, Hey, this person said this. Um, I'm just, I just need a balance, a balancing board. I need someone who can talk this out with me. And if it, triggers you if it and triggers you like in a where you're high emotion do don't ever comment or post when you're on high emotion especially if it's negative you you need to calm down right because we don't want that volcanic activity to explode um and it's okay to take time to respond to things on social media um but just get with somebody really quick and say hey um somebody said this and i'm trying to figure out the best way to respond what do you think because sometimes what we think is the best response may not be the best response and they can help you you know they're they're a board right they can bounce off of they can help you kind of craft that um but yeah it's you know there are times when i take breaks from social media because there's so much negativity and that's that's kind of like my version of i'm just going to walk away like i don't have to put myself in any situation that is detrimental to my mental health, to my emotions or to my life. If it's not bringing me joy, if it's not helping me move forward, then I don't have to, I don't have to partake in it. I don't have to participate. And so when I know like in November, things were polarizing on social media and it was so negative, no matter where you went, no matter what you did. And I just was like, I'm taking a break. You know, I don't, I, I am choosing not to let this affect my mental health or my life because um, it's not worth it, right? My mental health is worth more than reading through all the messages and comments on social media. And some people might disagree. You know, they might say, well, they need to, they need to comment, they need to, to get their voice out there. And that's okay too. I'm just letting you know, like my experience and like, it's okay to not engage. Um, just same, the same way. If people are up in your DMs, blowing you up and being negative because they don't like what you post, block them. Don't, they don't have to be on your feed, right? Just tell them, hey, bro, if you don't like what you see, unfollow. It's okay. No feelings, no feelings are hurt here. Like we're good. Just, <laughs> you know, and that's what I think people have a hard time with is they're like, why well, can't I follow or they want to follow because of the drama. And the thing is everyone's stuck at home and nobody's doing anything. And so they're looking for drama. They need that excitement. They need that, you know, thrill in their lives is something going on and you have the trolls that come out and just try to ruin everyone's day. But you can, you always have the choice to block them. You don't have to respond if you don't want to, and you don't have to engage in abusive or negative conversations. Like that's, you don't have to do that. If it's not being productive, like I said earlier, if you're having a conversation with someone, if it's not productive, walk away. If you're commenting back and forth with somebody and it's not productive, you can walk away. And you are more than welcome to comment and say, hey, this is not being productive. Let's just agree to disagree. Let's just walk away. You know, people probably aren't going to be prepared for that. And they might be like, what are they doing? They're not engaging in, you know, an argument with me. <laughs> But that's okay. 
And it is more important for you to have the confidence and sanity and for you to go to bed at night knowing that what you did was enough than it is for you to go to bed thinking about all those negative words that people are saying or trying to tell you or um, trying to have that volcanic activity and having that damage done. Strangers will get on, you know, your Instagram and start saying mean things about you. Um, or like they know you and they don't know you all up in the Kool-Aid. Don't even know what flavor it is. Right. And <laughs> they just need to back off. And sometimes you have to put up that boundary and you can block them. You can choose to, to do that. And um, you are in control of what you allow into your life um, communicating social media, digital wise. Um, so you are the one who gets to set the boundary. And if you're not comfortable with it, then set the boundary. It's okay. No one, no one should ha- fall to you or get upset with you for doing that. I love how much all of this really parallels the in-person communication. Mm-hmm. It's Maybe it's just me, but I think I bring it to a different level or I assume it's on a different level because it's a different style of communication, but it's really the same tactics. Be okay to walk away. Be okay to disagree or agree to disagree Um, and respect where people are coming from. Like you said in November, Mm -hmm. I mean, we can all very clearly acknowledge what that would have been about. And it is hard, especially if you feel really passionately about something. It's really hard to like understand someone who thinks totally different than you. It's really hard, but Mm -hmm. it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. So it's like, at what level are you prepared to have a full-blown conversation? And is this the person that can have it with you in a productive way? Because if they can't, and all you're going to do is go tit for tat and call each other names, then it's totally useless. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You could be the juiciest, ripest peach in the world and someone's still not going to like peaches. And that's okay. (laughs) I don't like peaches. That's okay. They're fuzzy. I like nectarines Mm -hmm. though. There you go. See? Told you. You can be the juiciest, ripest peach in the world. Someone's still not going to like peaches. Oh, man. So where we stand right now with this digital, I mean, we've got a few more months, a couple, a few, who knows, an undecided amount of time where we're all going to be in this kind of similar situation where we're relatively isolated and doing a lot of digital communication. What do you think are some ways that we can really hone our communication skills through the digital platforms so that when we get back into the face-to-face world, we actually have maybe a better toolbox to bring with us. Yeah. If you are taking that time and effort to, um, you know, read through things and and to, to try and create a clear message to your people, right, your, your, to your audience, then you start working on that. You're going to be able to do that in person. Um, the thing is, is if you capture somebody on the thing that is the most distracting thing in the world, uh, if you capture their attention, then you're going to be able to capture their attention in person, right? And so if you are speaking on a platform, you're making a post, you're writing something, you're getting interaction and positive interaction, negative interaction, whatever, when you, you take those same tactics, right? You know, listen, listen to understand, be respectful of that person, be, agree to disagree and know that it's okay to walk away, right? When you take all those things into place and you have the confidence to know that like if you're really passionate about something and you've researched it and you're like, you know what, like in this situation, I'm the expert on this, right? Like you don't say it out loud. You don't have to be arrogant about it, right? We don't because we don't like arrogance and nobody's going to respond to that. But a poised confidence about what you're talking about and knowing what you're talking about, people are going to be captivated by you. And that's really cool because if you can... If you can do that on digital, on social media and digital communication, you can do that in person. Um, so the next time you are talking with a friend or um, in a meeting, giving a presentation or something like that, and you start thinking about 
all the things, right? You know, if you want to be a better communicator, you got to be a better listener. You know, if you want to be better at communicating digitally, then you have to be good at digesting content digitally, right? You have to be good at reading in between the lines and going through the filters and what is this person, where's, what's their background? What are, what is it that they're doing? What is their message? How did that person come to be passionate about that message? Things like that. Then when you are in person, it's going to be easy peasy. And let me tell you, being captivating in person is so much cooler than being captivating online. Because I don't know about you, but I, I like interacting, right? I don't like hanging out with friends or people that just want to sit there on their phones in a circle. That's not interesting. I can do that at home in my PJs with my dogs without you. <laughs> like, I don't want to do that. And so when you are captivating and you know how to be a great communicator in person, people are going to be drawn to you. And that energy, that connection to be drawn to you is only going to magnify your platform for what you want to say. Um, so like I said, I don't want to keep repeating myself, but it's very core concepts that can be used in a variety of ways. And if you can do it digitally, then you can do it in person. Um, it's just taking that time and effort to put into whatever you're trying to say, think it through, list it out, right? Make sure that it's clear, run it by somebody. Um, there, when I create, I, so I also do some of our marketing stuff here. Um, at TLI because I like doing it. It's just fun for me. And so I get to help create some of our stuff. And um, before I post anything, I have somebody else in the office look at it. And I say, what does this image say to you? Like whatever I created, right? What does it say to you? Um, does this image make you want to read the content that I posted with it? Yes or no, right? And sometimes it's hard when they're like, no, or they don't get what I'm trying to say. And it's like, hmm. <laughs> it's like a little tear falls down. You're like, I worked so hard. So you, you just don't understand my creative genius, right? right? Like we, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like, oh. but um having somebody look at it and just say hey what does this say to you what is this how do you perceive this how does you know this come across that is a great way to figure out how other people might see it it might not be how everybody sees it but it, it gives you a different perspective right and then you can make tweaks as needed because you want to make sure that you are giving the perfect message to the perfect audience at the perfect time and when you give the perfect or the right message to the right audience at the right time you're going to be unstoppable people are going to, you know, f listen to every word that you say. So I hear a couple of core concepts, part of which is divorcing yourself from the results in a sense. So basically going through the process and, and so that you can get the results and, and not being so emotionally invested in getting the outcome that you want. And it seems like part of that's knowing your audience. So you're talking about listening to understand, do you have a few common questions or themes or just ways that you ask people to use on the person they're trying to communicate with to, to get a better feel for how to broach the conversation? Um, I don't, I guess maybe, you know, one of the things I like to ask people when I'm, when I'm brought in, right. And, um, a company is struggling with communicating and there, there's issues, there's conflict, there's tension. Or somebody says, I'm having a really hard time communicating with my team. They just don't seem to understand me. I kind of started the basics and things that may at first seem like it's unrelated. I ask people what they're passionate about. That is one of my favorite questions. What are you passionate about? What gets you going? What, what makes you get up every day? Because whatever someone is passionate about, you, that tells you a lot about that person, right? And I always say, besides family, faith, in your career, what are you passionate about? What hobbies do you have? What do you what do you do for fun, right? Because you want to get a sense for that person. That helps you find common ground. That helps you find a connection, and then you use that connection to build upon, right? You want to build trust. You want to build that rapport, and then from there you are able to have. Um, it's easier to have a, a you know a conversation or communicate something. And you know what? Actually, I think it's. I, and I know you said you don't want to repeat yourself, but I actually appreciate that you are because I think 
one of the things that we're trying to impress on not only ourselves, but other people is that it's not as complicated as we think it is. Yeah. And so repeating those same concepts, I think is kind of important sometimes because we need the the constant reminder and the follow up that like, guys, we're making it harder than it is. Yeah. You know, you make it more complicated, right? I remember being in school and part of my curriculum in school, my college degree was to take third grade math problems and to find other ways for them to be solved and to write it in a paper, right? To write a 12 page paper on how a third grader could solve this math problem in several different ways. And I would get so caught up and like, well, what if, you know, what if they thought about it this way? What if they thought about it that way? And whatever, right? And my professor would be like, Tiffany, you are thinking about this way too hard. You got to think like a third grader. A third grader is not going to look at this and think that five apples times five apples is, you know, whatever. They're like, you you mean, like, think like, you know, you got to make it simple. And we have a saying in our fearless presentations class that um, one of our coaches will use and not everybody uses it, but I like it. And it's called the kiss method, which is keep it simple, sweetie. That makes it a lot easier, right? When you keep things simple and don't overcomplicate it. Don't get too much in your head. Uh, don't overthink it. That's some, my biggest thing is I overthink things all the time. Before I know it, I'm, you know, we start at five apples times five apples. And in my head, I'm already at and the world ends in explosions. Like <laughs> that's the connection that I make is that, and we all end in war. I kind of like and- that actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do you're pre- you're preparing for doomsday and come to find out the yeah. person that you're waiting on was really just stuck in traffic. <laughs> yeah, I'm over here like, is my mom on dad on the side of the road? And it's like, no, she's just on a work call and she can't pick up her phone, right? It's yeah, don't overthink it. Keep it simple, sweetie. Oh my gosh, I love that so much. So being as we are a diversity podcast, um, we do have, we have one question that we always ask at the end. Um, And so I'd like to ask that to you now. So what is the one thing that you wish more people acknowledged or knew about diversity? And what is a small action that our audience can take right now this week to become more engaged with that? I would say I wish more people did simple acts of kindness, right? Because a simple act of kindness includes everyone. And you don't know what kind of battle somebody's fighting. Like we all put on smiles when we walk out the door. When we're behind the scenes, you know, we kind of fall apart in our own way. But we're all fighting battles that we don't talk about, that people don't know about, even our closest friends or family. And I think sometimes doing one kind thing for somebody else, no matter who it is, um, is a good way to show them that they're seen, that they're heard, and that they're important. And um, one thing that I would say that you could do is if you look out, look, well, obviously look for opportunities, but like buying the coffee for the person behind you and telling the barista, say, hey, tell them that, you know, when they ask who paid for it, just say that that person just wanted you to know that you're seen and you're heard, you're valuable, right? Because it's not about necessarily knowing who's in the car behind you. It's just about the the thought, right? You don't know what that person's going through. And you just bought them a $5 coffee and you had the barista tell them, hey, you're valuable and you matter. Um, everyone needs to hear that right now. So if you can find an opportunity to do something small, random act of kindness and spread some joy in this dark 2020 world that we're currently living in, I think that can go a real, real, real long way. I love that. We're coming. We, we are really... We have a big kindness theme, so I love it. I'm all about kindness. (laughs) No, I love it because the nice thing about it is kindness works. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Kindness goes a long way. When you are walking into a hard conversation, when you're walking into a boardroom to give a presentation, 
walking into your boss's office to ask for a raise, having, walking in with, um, I call it poised confidence, but like a kindness about you with our tenderness, not, you don't want to be abrasive. You don't want to be arrogant. People can sense that on a vibrational level and they won't respond to it, right? You can tell when somebody's being arrogant and you can tell when someone's being genuine, right? So you want to have that kind of like genuine attitude and I can guarantee when you walk into any conversation and you have that kind of attitude of like, I'm going to be open-minded, you know, I'm going to show kind kindness first. I'm going to be, to have this poised confidence. I'm not going to let them rattle my cage because they're not in charge of my cage. I am, right? I'm not going to let them rattle me. I'm not going to let them disturb my mental peace or whatever because I'm in charge of it. They're not going to have control over me. And that's kind of what it boils down to. And I would talk about some of the psychology stuff today, but that's what it boils down to is like not letting people rattle you, not letting them have that control over you in any form or fashion and being confident with who you are and what you have to say and standing by it and just saying, you know what, it's okay. Because when you have that kind of confidence that you're okay to walk away, that you're okay to disagree that, all right, that, that that's how you feel. That's fine. I don't feel the same way, but that's okay. People are going to remember that, right? They're they're going to remember that you did not engage with them. You you were not volcanic. You were not damaging. And it's going to make them, when they're laying in bed that night, right? They're going to rethink that conversation. It's going to play in their head. And it's going to have an impact. And you're more than, how's it you're more likely to get an apology or a, hey, I'm sorry that I came across that way, right? Because you you handled yourself in a better way. And it's going to speak volumes to them. Maybe not in that moment, but it will. And they think about it later. Hey, can you tell our audience how they can connect with you so that they can get more inspiration? Yeah, absolutely. So you can connect with me directly at fearlesspresentations.com forward slash the fearless millennial. And on there, there's a form you can fill out if you want to request um, coaching or information, ask me to be on a podcast or you just want to chat. I'm more than open to do that as well. So fearlesspresentations.com forward slash the fearless millennial. And I'd be more than happy to chat with you and get to know you as well. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. And that's not, and that's what I kind of want to end this on is that you acknowledged us and we really want to acknowledge you. Like we really appreciate your candor and your energy because <laughs> we are very far apart. But I tell you, it is coming through the screen. Oh, your positivity, you. your you just you do. Your boss you <laughs> you need to shine. It's there. It's I can feel it. So I think that's oh, amazing. Thank you guys. And I want to make sure you know that we recognize that. I appreciate it. Y'all are my new besties. Yay. Besties for the rest of you. <laughs> and I would love to come back anytime. So feel free to oh, yeah. I would love to have you guys to work with you guys again. Y'all are amazing. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. Our goal is to inspire you to think more deeply, and we hope today's conversation did just that. This week's call to action from Tiffany is to do one small act of kindness. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed on today's episode are our own. We encourage you to do your own research and come to your own fact-based conclusions. If you have a topic you would like us to discuss or you'd like to be a guest on our show, please reach out by email, info at diversityonfire, or you can leave us a voice note. The link for that can be found in the show notes. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Diversity on Fire. And if you're enjoying the show, we would very much appreciate a five-star review on Apple Podcast. Don't forget to hit subscribe wherever you're listening now so you never miss an episode. And please share the show with everyone you know so more people can join in these important conversations. Stand up when everybody seems against you. 